Amen. So we talk about Ginomai, we talk about how the, the Word of God has creative ability and the Word is in us. So once the Word of God is in you, you can do a lot of things. You can cause things to happen in your life. Amen. 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 Some of us have caused certain things to happen in our lives and we are still causing certain things to happen in our lives. Amen. Because you always have to cause something to happen. Is that not true? And then the next day, the next day we talked about the greatness of your power. Part one, where we talked about knowing that the power of God is in you. Then we said the scripture says that you shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost is come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me. So every Christian has power if he has the Holy Ghost. Every Christian has spiritual power. Amen. Amen. And next day we talked about what? How to... What did we talk about, Pastor Eddie? <laughs> Shout glory. <laughs> Shout glory. I can see some people laughing. Who will tell us what we talked about? Who was online and will tell us what we talked about before I just go into the last one? The role of the Word of God is very important in our lives. Amen. And it's very important that we take the Word of God serious. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who oh, just tell us something? It looks like all of you were just hearing one or two. Okay, Miriam would like to tell us something. Knowing that you have spiritual power. Amen. Is that what we talked about? Is that what we talked about? Yes, sir. <laughs> Pastor, you are shouting yes, and yet you are wrong. It says, know that you have spiritual power. The second day is, know what the power of God in you has done and can do. Amen. The third day is, know that God does things through his power in you. That was yesterday. Was it yesterday? Or the day before? And then how the power of God in you is made operative. Amen. That's today. Amen. So today we are talking about, yesterday we talked about a lot of powerful stuff. Is that true? That we don't live under open heaven. We don't pray for open heavens. We are already under open heavens. Once you have the Holy Spirit, He is the heavenly person who comes into us. He doesn't need to open heavens again. Amen. Because He is the heavenly one, the heavenly God who is in us. And by His presence, heavens are already opened unto us. The problem is that we Christians don't train ourselves to walk with the Spirit. And as long as you don't walk with the Spirit, you wouldn't see the manifestations of open heavens. Amen. Shout glory. So today we are talking about how the power of God in you is made operative. Shout glory. Shall we please take our seats? Consider you are tired. Amen. Shout powerful. So we are reading from James chapter 5. Quickly, James chapter 5. One of the most important things that every Christian should know is what they have. It's what they have. Amen. Can you amplify my microphone? It looks like I'm not hearing anything. Shout glory. To know what you have is very important. If you have a shoe and you do not know you have a shoe, will you wear that shoe? 
If a shoe is given to you and it's in your room and if they've not told you to wear it or it belongs to you, you will never wear it. Is that true? So knowing what you have is very important. And many Christians are living a life of fear, especially the fear of demons and the fear of the unknown because most of them don't know what they have. And that is why we started teaching on knowing what you have. And then we said that you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you. So if the Holy Ghost has come into your life, if you are filled with the Spirit, it means that you have received power. Amen. Amen. Say, I have received power. power. Say it as you mean it. Say, I have received power. So the power of God is in the Christian. And I said the power of God is not in heaven. Many Christians also think, and even many pastors, think that the power of God is in heaven. The power of God is not in heaven. The power of God is on earth. The Holy Ghost is the power person of God. The Holy Spirit. So if I say speak in tongues, you begin to speak in tongues. The evidence of the language of the Spirit. Amen. That is the language of the Spirit. And that is the evidence of the presence of the Holy Ghost in you. So if you are born again, you have the Holy Spirit in you. If you are filled with the Spirit and you speak in tongues, then you also have the Holy Ghost in you. So if you just get born again today, the Holy Spirit is in you. The Holy Ghost is not only in you when you are speaking in tongues. Did you hear what I just said? Now, if the Holy Spirit is in you, say the Holy Ghost is in me. Say the Holy Ghost is in me. Now, if the Holy Spirit is in you, then it also means that the power of God is in you. Now, if the power of God is in you, then you do not, you do not need to be afraid of demons and devils. Amen. You can't be afraid of witch doctors carrying God's power. There is no power above God's power. Who knows that? Who believes that? If there is no power above God's power, and God's power is in you, then there is no power that can touch you if you know and you appropriate this understanding. Whoever that just said. Oh, some of you are slow. Whoever that just said. Is that not powerful? So it's very important. If I want to see changes in my life, I want to see progress in my life as a Christian, then I need to know that I have the power of God that causes changes. God cannot do anything without His power. What makes God God is His power. What makes God prove that He is God is His power. Do you hear what I just said? It is His power that He uses to prove Himself. He demonstrates His power. That is why when He sent Moses, He told Moses that when you go, I will harden the heart of Pharaoh. So that I will be able to display my power in Egypt. Is that true? So how would Pharaoh know that God has sent Moses without God's power? Whoever that just said. You are not responding. Should we close and go home? Or you are already tired? The face mask is getting you tired eh? (laughs) Shout glory. We are also live. You can, you can, you can log on. If you don't have your book or something, you can log on to our Facebook page. We are live. You can comment there and on, on YouTube too. Amen. You can also share and tell your loved ones and, and those of you who are in charge of the pages and all that, you can put it there. Amen. So it's very important. God demonstrates his power to prove who he is. And so he wants us to demonstrate his power in us. That's the last, yesterday I said that the scripture says that now unto him 
that is able to do exceedingly or exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or you can think. It is according to his power that is at work in us. So you see, your change is in his power. You know what I said? Your next level is in the power of God. Your baby is in the power of God. What will draw your husband to you is the power of God. What will cause your business to expand is the power of God. What will cause what your vision to be realized is the power of God. Who heard what I just said? Many Christians are living the way they live. And it's very important we shout it until Jesus comes. Is that not important? Because we don't know what we are carrying. And when you don't know what you, you are carrying, you are always afraid. The changes you desire is in the power of God. The power of God is God's supernatural, superhuman ability. That means that it is an ability that is beyond the natural. It is an ability that is, that is beyond human. Whoever I just said. That is why the power of God has no limitation. How do you explain a power that passed the Red Sea? How do you explain? How do you explain? How do you explain a power that causes a man to be lifted from the earth realm into heavens? It is God's supernatural ability. But you see, say God is love. God is love. God is sharing that power with you and I. In the person of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So I didn't write the Bible. Jesus said, you shall receive that power. The scripture says how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with the same power. So Jesus knew that he could not do anything without the power of God. The presence of God. The Holy Ghost. So when he was living, he entrusted us with the Holy Ghost. The reason why your future is sure and certain, C-E-R, is that you have been entrusted to the care of the Holy Spirit. Your parents might have disappointed you. Your siblings might have disappointed you. But the Holy Ghost does not disappoint. And you've been entrusted. says, I will not leave you as orphans. So we are not lonely. We are not orphans. You hear what I just said? We are not without parents. We might have lost our physical parents, but we have a spiritual parent. He is the Holy Ghost. When He steps into your spirit, you are made forever. The point is, we do not walk with the spirit. Christians don't walk with the Holy Ghost. We just go to church and enjoy the church. But there is a kind of life beyond the church auditorium. And that is the supernatural life. It doesn't matter what you hear on the news. It doesn't matter what the doctors tell you. It doesn't matter what your uncle told you. It doesn't matter what somebody has told you. Once you know that you know that you know that you have the Holy Spirit and you have His power at work in you, whatsoever limitation that is before you is being crushed by the Spirit. Or will be lifted by the Spirit. The Holy Ghost knows no limitations. The power of the Spirit knows no limitations. 
He said, the power of the highest shall overshadow you. Oh, shout powerful. powerful. It is the power of the spirit that caused the woman Elizabeth to carry a baby. As old as she was. Even his own, her own husband, Zacharias. Come on, shout glory, shout glory. The power of God can cause a broken bone to be corrected. The power of God can cause a broken home to be corrected. The power of God can cause a broken life to be corrected. It is the power of the Spirit. But you see, what I wanted to drive into you throughout the week is that that power of the Spirit is not on a mountain. It's not in a particular shrine somewhere. It's not in a particular pot somewhere. It's not in a particular auditorium. That power of the Spirit is in you. That is what I was trying to drive into you throughout the week. So that you know that you have power. Amen. Amen. Then you know what the power can do or has done. And I explained that that power was the power that God used in raising Jesus from the dead. He says, if the spirit of him, that's the spirit of God, says that raised Jesus, how many believe that Jesus was raised from the dead? He says, if the spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead, get those messages, get those messages, get those messages, you'll be touched. Amen. You'll be impacted. I explained about the spiritual death and the physical death of Jesus. Amen. And I said, if the same spirit, he says, if that same spirit dwells in you, he did not say if that same spirit dwells on a mountain or in a church auditorium. Is that what he said? No, sir. He says, if the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the power that can raise a man from the dead lives in you. It means anything dead in your body can be raised back to life in your body. Is that not true? Did I say, did I say it dwells in you? <laughs> Come on, shout glory. glory. I said, did I say it dwells in you? No, I didn't say it. God said it. Did God say that? In Romans chapter 8 verse 11. He says, if the, we don't go there, I'm just doing, trying to do some small recap. Say, do small recap. Do small. So he says, if the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, so all these things about all those things are words of ignorant Christians and even ignorant leaders. You are praising the power of demons instead of praising the power of, of God in you. Now, why are many Christians like that? Because they don't know, that, they don't even believe that the power is in them, even though the Bible says it. Is that what it says? It says, and to know what is the exceeding greatness of his power in us who believe. It says, the power that he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Did you hear what I just said? No power on earth is more than God's power. In fact, in the sight of God, there is no other power. Amen. Amen. So that power of God is in you. So that when you wake up in the morning, and as I'm teaching you this today, how do I make this power of God efficient? That power is in me. 
The Holy Ghost is in me. But waking up just like that and walking like that as a Christian, just walking around, won't do anything. Will it do something? No. So how do I switch from the natural plane to the supernatural plane? When I've tried something over and over in the natural and it is not working, how can I switch to the supernatural? So the power of God will cause that which I've been trying in the natural and it's not working to work. Maybe you've been writing an exam and failing every time. The more you write, the more you fail. How do I switch into the supernatural plane? It is only the... Oh, shout glory. We Christians have the right, the legal right to switch from the natural to the supernatural. We turn on the supernatural. The Christian has the right to turn on the supernatural. When you wake up and you are just seeing uh, air conditions and lights and all that. Then you begin to pray in the spirit. And then you switch. Then when you switch, you, you begin to see other things in the spirit. Is that not powerful? Say, I can switch. I can switch. So take us to James quickly. James chapter 5 verse 16. There are two important ways of getting the power of God to work through you. There are two important ways. There are two important ways. Come on, shout glory. I say shout glory. One is by effective or effectual prayers. Effective and or effectual prayers. Oh, atos apali katos kataya. Then the second one is by walking in love. Two important ways is by walking in love. Amen. Amen. It is confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that he may be healed. We will come back to this scripture. And someone can open the NIV for me to, to help me. But just confess your first one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. And it says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much or has a lot of impact or has a lot of, has the ability to cause changes. But you see, the avail that much in King James who has the Amplified? Someone who has the Amplified, just read it for us quickly. Shout glory. glory. Hallelujah. How many of you have been hearing what I've been saying all this while? Amen. Amen. Say God is awesome. God is, awesome. is that not powerful? powerful when the eyes of your understanding is enlightened. And you know what you have all these years. Amen. Come on, shout glory. glory. Now, this one is good, but give me the Amplified. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. It says the intense prayer of the righteous is very powerful. Give me the Amplified, Pastor Ben. Confess to one another therefore your faults. Confess to one another therefore your faults. Uh-huh. Your slaves. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Your offenses, uh-huh. your sins, your sins. Mm-hmm. and pray also for one another that you may be healed and restored uh-huh. to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. 
The earnest heartfelt continuous prayer of what? Of a righteous man. Mm -hmm. Makes tremendous power available. Mm -hmm. Dynamic in its working. That's verse 16. And 17, right? It is the, what? Effectual, earnest prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power, what? Available. Where is the tremendous power? The scripture says that the tremendous power is in us. But that tremendous power is made available. That means that the, that tremendous power is sent into operation. It is sent or released to work. Or it is stirred to work. And these things that I share with you, they are practical. Amen. Amen. If you are a prayerful person, you will see the power of God working in your life. If you are a sleepy Christian too, you will see the coldness of, of what? Working in your life. But it says that the effectual, fervent prayer, effectual, that means that you are not joking when you are praying. Especially, especially for those of us who pray in the spirit or who speak in tongues. It says that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person, fervent prayer, the heartfelt prayer, praying like you are working out in an exercise. You know what I'm saying? You talk about working out, working out. Our brother Gabi is here. He knows what I'm talking about. Gabi, do you know what I'm talking about? When you say you are doing what? You are doing a workout. You are working out. Is that a joke? No. Amen. It's a hard work. So when you are focused on what you are doing, not when you are, you are praying and fidgeting phones, you are praying and your mind is still on when will this thing happen? When will this thing happen? That's not what he's talking about. That when you are asking that when will this thing happen, that when is dependent on how much power is available. You know what I said? Oh, some of you, maybe you missed yesterday. You made the way I look at you, you missed yesterday. <laughs> Shout glory. glory. But it says that kind of prayer, heartfelt, continuous prayer, so that prayer is not just for request's sake. Father, I pray that you give me. Father, I pray that you give me. That is for those who just got born again. If you just got, got born again, all you do is give me, give me. You are like my, my, my daughters. Daddy, give me your phone. Daddy, give me your pen. Daddy, give me your book. Give me, give me. Is that not true? Yeah, they give me level. It means that you are still at a babyhood stage. So he's telling us that there is something spiritual about us. There's a spiritual power in our possession. That when we pray some kind of prayers with understanding... Because at the level where you are right now sitting, you are not going to your parents to give you, give you. Is that what you are doing? We are still doing that. We have to baptize you again. Because at this level, you can leave Ghana and go to any country and stay there. Is that not true? And live your life. You are not still doing give me. You are calling your father, give me. Can you please give me money to buy a shoe? Can you please give me money to buy what? I'm going to shave. Give me money. You are at the lower level. 
But when you come of age and you understand prayers, it says that when we pray some kind of continuous prayers, and that is why many Christians don't pray. And those who, who pray, I always say that even most people who lead prayer meetings, don't train people what they are doing. So you see that a million likes and a million views, most of them are focused on requests. If all your life is, your prayer life is focused on request, it means you have not come to a kind of understanding. You are always asking yourself, why would God even settle this matter once and for all? You have not come to some level of understanding. Did you hear what I said? You've been sick in your body from the time you were born. You are saying, why would God even finally heal me and it is over? God is going to heal you through the power in you. Did I say something? Because traditionally, that's what we've been taught in church, in church, from as we are growing. Maybe you should take us to Ephesians chapter 3 again. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Do you understand? Yes, sir. It looks like you want to see it again, eh, Dr. John. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. <laughs> Shout glory. glory. Say practical present troops. Practical present. Says now unto him. Now watch it here. That is able to do so if my child dies, it is not God who has taken my child. I know that God will not give me that child and cause the child to die again. It is the devil that has taken that child because he wants to do what? Put me to shame. What can I do about that child? Or what can God do about that child? God can raise that child back to life. But his ability to do that is what he has given to us. Who heard what I just said? Many prayer leaders don't teach this. So Christians live their lives praying and praying and praying till Jesus comes. Some people die on their bed, they are still pray, asking for requests. Some ask for requests and on their katosh. <laughs> your life is full of glory. It is now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. So you can think things into being. According to what? To the power. This is English. Is this not English? This is not a man of God saying something. It's just that your mind has not come on it. You have, you have sung the songs about this scripture that reaches, that you reach the comma and you put, you put full stop there. But the writer put comma there. So the church has put full stop here. And it is that full stop they have put. <laughs> Shout glory. glory. Who can see the scripture there? So now, unto him, unto God, that is able to do exceeding abundantly. It is above all that we can ask or think. So you can think your marriage into being. Then it says, comma, according to the power that is at work in heaven. Is that what is there? Aaron, is that what is there? According to the power that is at work with God. Or according to the power 
that is at work in a particular auditorium so that we all have to go to that well and fetch water before God can do you hear what I'm saying I say that every time you don't need any cream or anything those are all lies from the pit of hell he says that according to the power that works in us so there is a power that is at work in you there is a power that is at work in me do you know what I'm saying? It is that power at work. Are you seeing it on the board? Yes, because if you don't see it, you say I'm lying. Amen. Because these things are new to you. Are they not new to you? Some of you, they are not new, new to you. Amen. According to the power that operates in us. So there is a power that operates in me. There is a power that operates in you. As I speak to you now, that power has been there for the past 20 years since you got born again and has not done anything to you. Because you don't know. Your eye is in heaven. It's on heaven. Instead of your eye being on what is inside. As I said, God is in heaven. Thank God. Christ Jesus is in heaven. But through the Holy Spirit, they are all in us. Did you hear what I just said? So their power, the power that raised Lazarus from the dead is in you. The power that multiplied the fishes and the loss of bread, that was in Jesus. When he was going, he did not need that power in heaven. <laughs> did you hear what I said? So he knew that he was not leaving us just like that. He was going to bring that power and he has brought it. Shout glory. glory. So when you pray, Pray with this kind of understanding. The power in prayer is the power of the Spirit. The power in prayer is the power of the Holy Ghost in us. So it says that, oh, shout glory. The effectual, fervent, continuous prayer of the righteous makes tremendous power available. Even that tremendous power is not going to come from heaven. That tremendous power is already with you. It is made available. It is made efficient. It is made functional. Say functional. functional. When we pray, then he gives us an illustration. Can we continue that scripture? James chapter 5 verse 16 to 17 down. Shout Glory. Who has heard what I've said right now? When you understand this, your prayer life will be serious. We can't say we are doing a prayer, we are going online, then you are sleeping. Katos katabaha. Then you are giving us an excuse why you should sleep. You have reasons why you should sleep. Is that not true? Don't know, my head is aching. It has been aching for the past three days. Is that not true? <laughs> That is why I'm, I'm sleeping. Let me sleep small. When I'm okay, I'll go and pray. What if you never become okay and you die of it? Are <laughs> you to hear that somebody just said headache, headache and died? It's even recorded in the Bible. The son of the Shunammite woman. <laughs> Elias was, then he gives you verse 17. Elijah says, was a man subject to like passions. 
You know, people who teach this on prayer teach, oh, Elijah prayed, so pray, let's pray, let's pray. They don't bring your consciousness to the fact that that prayer made power available. And that that your prayer is going to make power from within you available. Many things God just answered Elijah's prayer. But by revelation, the answer was granted by the power that was with Elijah. There was a power with Elijah. Do you understand? That power was not in Elijah. That power was with Elijah. A man who could be fed by ravens has power. Do you hear what I just said? A man who could call down fire has power. So that power that caused this came or was made functional through prayers. So Elijah was a man subject to like passions. I like this part very well. Subject to like passions as we are. So Elijah was a man just like us. That's what he's saying. And was subject to like passions. That meant that he could say that I have been preaching for the past five days. I'm tired. And then he will sleep. I went to work from 5 a.m. And then he will sleep. He could. He could become weak. Do you understand? He could become hungry. Praying and you're hungry. Say, okay, it's okay. Thank you very much. I'm going to look for your watch in the fridge. As you are praying, your mind is on that watch all this while. So after 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, you say, thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> is that not true? So he had a man subject to like passions. Like we are. Don't ever give yourself an excuse not to pray. It is a trap of the devil. Don't, as a Christian, don't give yourself an excuse. I just got out of a disappointment. I can't pray. Where was God when I was going out of disappointment? That God was in you. He also asked you, where was my power when you were going out, going through that disappointment? Who <laughs> heard what I just said? Christians must live as people who are in charge. Christians are children of God. You are a child of God. And you need to take advantage of that status. Some of you are not hearing what I'm saying again. Or you have closed. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. So it says that subject to like passion as we are. And he prayed earnestly. That is heartfelt. He was not joking. He prayed that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. So he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. The power that was with yesterday, I explained the power that was with man and the power that is in man. Amen. The power that was with Elijah Shut the clouds when he prayed. Did you hear what I just said? That's why at the point in time Elijah was so tired and went and said, told God, I'm so tired. The prophet was so tired. And he went to sleep under a tree, a juniper tree, and was just relaxing himself. And the angel saw that the guy had gotten tired. Tired of all the oppositions. Tired of life. Tired of all those things. And the angel came and said, Master, wake up. There is food on the table. Eat it. He was tired. 
Amen. So he was subject to like passions. But he prayed. And then the scriptures in verse 16 says, His prayer made tremendous power available. That tremendous power that was made available shut the clouds. So there was no rain. Then he prayed again. He did what? And when he prayed again, he opened the clouds. The key to the the shutting of the clouds and the opening of the clouds is in power. And the key to power or the power available or tremendous power available is the prayer of Elijah. So when we pray, we are making power available. Where God I just said. When we pray, so if you understand this and as a Christian you are not praying, you have been given that grace to even pray in the Holy Ghost, you can pray in the Holy Ghost. Elijah was not praying in the Holy Ghost. Elijah went to the mountain and put his head in between his knees and started praying and started praying until he sensed the power of God. Oh, shout glory. glory. Say prayer. So prayer makes tremendous power available. Amen. It is that tremendous power that you want to see causing a change. The power of God causes changes. The power of God can turn the heart of a man. The power of God can turn the brains of a man. Do you hear what I'm saying? (laughs) Do you know what the power can do? This week, just meditate on the power. Say, I'm going to do meditations. I'm going to do meditations. The power that can cause a deaf what? Ear to hear. The power that can cause a tree to dry up. The power that can cause the winds to stop. To stop. The power of God. It is the, power, the supernatural ability. So we are in possession of God's supernatural ability. If God is giving it to us by grace. The same way he's made us his children. By grace. How many of you know that you are children of God? If God can make you his child, is there something he cannot add? No. So he added all, including power. But it is made available when we pray. So never give yourself an excuse not to pray. I just got back from work. You don't know. Today, work has been so and so and so. Then the demons are at the gate looking at you and say, okay, keep sleeping. One of these days, we will show you that we are here on this earth. Is that not true? The familiar spirits from your father's side and mother's side, who are used to their, their, their family. So this one, let us keep sleeping. We are going to stay him there forever. Or stay here, she will be there. Let's see. You say, why am I going through all of these things? You'll be asking questions. I'm giving you the key. Learn to pray fervently so that the power of God that is in you will be stirred. And that power will be effective and functional through you. If a man in the Old Testament can stop the clouds, then you can stop certain negative happenings from your life. You are holding the keys through power in prayer. Do you understand what I'm saying? To stop certain negativities. I've said it before that in Christianity, things don't, in life, things don't just happen. Amen. Amen. When you shut it and you open it, 
I've been going through this nonsense for a long time. I'm shutting it. I want something new now. Then you open the new. <laughs> we are the outlets of God's power. We are the what? The outlet of God's power. The outflow of God's power. About 70% of Christians are still calling for God to give them power. Is that not true? Once you sing, let the power of the Lord come down, it means that you don't know what you are talking about. And many of us even sing, many sing, quite changes people don't sing it. Is that not true? Because they've gotten to know a lot of things. And he prayed again. The scripture says when he prayed like that, at the point in time, because the power has been made available, the, the Spirit of God, he, oh, he told the inhabitants that there is going to be, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. Is that true? We sing those songs. You can hear sounds of abundance of rain when you do what Elijah did. To put his head in between his knees. To go on your knees with your head down and praying. No distraction. You don't have a wife, you can't pray now. You don't have a husband, you can't pray now. You don't have children, you can't pray now. When will you pray? Because you have a good job. Demons don't fear good jobs. And the negativities of life don't fear good job. You have good cash. Is that not true? Thank God for good cash. And he prayed again. And the heaven gave way. And the earth brought forth her fruit. Child glory. When he heard the sound. And he spoke to the king Ahab. And Ahab was going running on his chariot. The Bible says the spirit of the Lord. That power was available to his prayer. So at once the Holy Ghost came on him. And he outran the chariots of Ahab. When Ahab went to his palace, by the time he got there, uh, Elijah was already there. The Spirit of God had carried... Shout glory! Now the Bible teaches us in the book of Acts. Take us to Acts chapter 4. Shout powerful, shout powerful. Who is hearing something? Acts chapter 4 verse 23. To 34, I don't think we can read all. Amen. Acts chapter 4, verse 23. And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. Mm-hmm. Continue quickly. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, they prayed. Say they prayed. They prayed. Go to verse 30 and let me see. Okay, go to verse 31. This is part of the prayers. I don't want to go into that. And when they had prayed, lift up your right and say, when they had prayed, when they had prayed. It is when they had prayed, the place was shaking where they were assembled. They were praying. And it says, when they prayed, the place where they had gathered to pray was shaking. There was a shaking. That was a physical shaking, like an earthquake. Where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and spake the word of God with boldness. This was the result of the prayers. They prayed. The place was shaking. What caused the place to be shaking? The power of the Spirit. Since they were, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, 
And they went and became bold and spoke the word of God with boldness. Come on, shout glory. glory. The power that can shake buildings can shake things in your life. Do you know what I'm saying? The power that can shake buildings can shake people in your lives. And when they had prayed, verse 32, hurry up. Amen. Amen. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that ought of the things which he possessed was his own. But they, they all had all things in common. Verse 33. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace. Great power and great grace. Is that not powerful? Great grace was upon them all. So great power and great grace through prayers. Say through prayers. Is that not powerful? Very important. Go to Acts chapter 6 also. I wanted to catch these two things. Amen. Elijah was a man. Subject to like passion, like we are. You are in control of your life. God has given you grace through the Holy Spirit. You are in control of your destiny. You have what it takes to shut and to open through the power of God in you. Don't sit down and watch things like that. Learn to pray. Pray effectively. Pray with this understanding. Don't pray sitting down and saying, God, when will you answer my prayers? The answer to you, I've said it, have I said it before? I said the answer to our prayers is in the Holy Ghost. Sometimes we even miss the, the answers. I remember years ago, I was going somewhere, I was going to, I was still a student, then I was going to campus. And when I, I set off from the house, I'd come home and I was going. And the Holy Ghost told me, he said, as you go, you meet a young lady in the bus. And that young lady started talking to me about the young lady, very powerful lady. And then I left. When I sat in the bus, somebody sat beside me, it was a man. I don't know what happened, and the guy jumped out again. Then a lady jumped in and sat there. Then suddenly as we were going, she started talking to me. I had heard that I would meet somebody like that. She started talking. Then she started talking about the scriptures. In fact, one of the people that really challenged me those days was that lady. A young lady who, know, who, who knew so much of the scriptures and knew so much of the God's generals and the men of God. She started mentioning names I didn't even know. And the things that they have done on this earth. Kalaba Sotolo Shataba. Is that not powerful? When I got out of that bus, and I was going, my mind was full of a lot of things. I said, this, this is serious. A lot of strange names. Strange happenings. I started searching all of them. That encounter really influenced me. The lady was just quoting scriptures like that. Why have I been all this while? I've been in church. And somebody is quoting scriptures to me like that. 
quoting scripture. I didn't have my Bible with me, so just quoting, quoting. Then she remove her Bible and hey, calabozo. In a bus. Come on, say strange things, strange things. You are coming to church, can't even carry your Bible with you. It says, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. We will give ourselves. So you give yourself. These are the disciples. The apostles. They said we will not go to verse 2. Verse 2. Verse 2. Shout glory. glory. I want to draw your attention to how important it is. Let's read from verse 1 to 4. Let me just read it quickly. Amen. So learn to pray. Amen. And in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a memory of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their windows were neglected in the, their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Verse 2, quickly. Oh, Shabbakasataka. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. It is not reason to leave the word of God and serve tables. Some Christians leave the word of God and they serve tables. But it's no reason. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report and full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom whom we may appoint over this business. Then verse 4. But, say but, we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. So decide and be determined to give yourself to what? Continually to prayer. Not everybody who may mobile prayers. Have I said that before? One of these days we will, we will cut that video. Where are the media people? You cut that video and display it. The, the, but it is not a wedding who remember prayers. A wedding who remember prayers. That's not what I'm talking about. We will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. This is the key. Give yourself continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. It doesn't matter what you are going through. Maybe you don't even have a place to sleep now. It doesn't matter. We've all not had places to sleep before. So you're not the only one, the first person to be going through what you are going through. You do know what I just said. But it says that we will give ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Come on, shout glory. glory. I, when I taught the first message I taught on creation, I have a lot of messages, messages on creating things. Amen. I was in the room, praying in the spirit, and fasting for 21 days. Not dry fasting. Amen. Amen. So that you don't die early. (laughs) And praying, and praying, I determined not to go out. One of the days I was there, when I fell into a trance, I had a vision. And I saw Moses. I've seen Moses before, I've seen Elijah before, I don't talk about all of those things. Because those are experiences. They're not for you, but let me just share some more. Do you want more? Uh, what seed will you sow for that? <laughs> Amen. And then in the vision, he started explaining to me how the whole creation in Genesis began. What actually took place. From that time, I took the Holy Ghost very serious. That was when I got to know that all the things that God spoke in Genesis, 
Light be, fishes be, without all be still in the spirit. Without the Holy Spirit. Without the power of the Holy Ghost. That was when I got to understand that. Very important vision. I was praying. See, when you pray, that, those experiences you've been having and you've been telling me, I've been having this experience. When I sleep, I don't sleep. They are pressing my chest. They are pressing my head. They are ch- and we've ministered to people like that. When they are asleep, they are chasing them. They are run- Every day you are running in your sleep. There are some of them that are even being beaten. I've ministered to two people like that in church. They say, we have them, they are beating me. When I wake up, my whole body is paining me. How can demons be beating you? And also in the church. Then when you sleep, demons say, let us go, it is now time. Then they take a rip and be shipping you. Shim. Shim. Then you ask them, what church do you attend? Oh, I attend to and so church. We don't care about your church. We care about your Christian life. Thank God for church. Amen. Amen. They are beating you to the point where you wake up with some people even wake up with breezes. Ah. Those who have been, been in this church for a while know what I'm talking about. There's a young guy who came to this church. He was in charge of a, an association in his church. Youth or something. Yet every day he will be seeing snakes. Every day he will be seeing snakes. When he opens his eyes, his snake. Close his eyes, his snake. Serpents all around him. Are those things not strange, strange things? Christians seeing snakes. What are you doing with snakes and serpents? Kashatapush. You have things and they are dragging, you are pulling, they are pulling, you are pulling, they are pulling. You are a Christian. I am amazed when such people are still able to sleep. Because I've had such kind of experiences before. At a young when I started at first, trying to be very serious. The devil said, no, we won't allow this young guy. Maladesh. From 12 midnight, I'm awake. When I go for lectures and I'm tired, no matter how tired I am, is everything okay? No matter how tired I am, sometimes you, you are so tired, 9 o'clock, you just be there, it's like you are doing, you are doing, 12, you are awake. I prayed from 12 to 5 for many years, not many months. Do you know what I'm saying? Sometimes I pray to the point where on the park I pray, I visit and be, be sleeping. <laughs> you sleep in prayers. Come on, shout glory. Sometimes I'll go to the park, by the time I come back, my whole body is full of dust. You see that I've prayed, the power of God just hit, knocks me from place to place. You are able to sleep and be beaten by demons and keep sleeping. When I sleep, I see strange men coming to me. I see myself in the midst of older women and it's like we are eating. By the time I wake up, all the things that I'm doing is scattered. And you are sleeping. It is like somebody pointing a gun at you in the physical at you like this. And you are smiling. <laughs> you kill me if you want. That is the same thing. Anybody who is serious with life will say, I beg you please. If you, if you, if you are not supernaturally minded, you understand? You say, please don't kill me. Is that not what you say? Yes, sir. Also, you are just trying to say, hey, hey, hey. powerful. Gone too soon. They will say, what killed him? What killed him? The people will be shocked. Some of them in the church will say, oh, that young guy used to love God a lot. 
We don't know what he was even leading praises. He led, led praises yesterday on Monday morning. Then we make the whole thing look so strange. He said he was just asleep. He did not wake up. The demons pressed him. Do you know what I'm talking about? These things I'm talking about are real experiences. Do you know what I'm saying? Real experiences in the lives of many. They may not tell you. Some through the prophetic we get to know. Those that we don't also know, we leave them. But I'm teaching you how to take things into your hands. Because when, I always say that when we even cast out a demon, demons don't, I've said it over and over, I've said it over and over. Because Christians are joking, demons don't die. You can kill a person carrying the spirit of witchcraft and say die, 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 and the person will die. Let, let's even say the person dies. The spirit of witchcraft doesn't die. The demons that told Jesus that Jesus, you are fake. You are casting out demons by the, by the spirit of, of, of demons, Beelzebub. Is that same demon, or those same demons, that are saying all oh, the men of God who do supernatural are fake? The same demon. The same demons. So they are not dead. The demons that Jesus cast out, and Paul cast out, and who? Who cast out demons again? And Peter cast out, are still alive and working. Because they don't die. They have not been destroyed. Just after the coming of, second coming of Jesus and all that, then the devil, the serpent, the devil himself, Satan himself and his demons will be cast into the lake of fire. It has not happened. Demons have been defeated. So the Christian has authority over them, but there is a way between a defeat and a destruction. So if we say, come out, and the demon leaves, he goes round Osu and to Dangpa, and then passes Laboni somewhere in the spirit. Then from Laboni, he enters some Tema, and then to Takura, then be walking around. Then in some five days, he comes back to you. By the time he comes, you are with your friends gossiping. He says, eh. In fact, you are even gossiping about the man of God who cast the demon. And he says, eh. Then he goes again. Then he calls seven wicked ones. He calls them one, two, three, four, follow me. I've gotten somebody again. Then they come. Then things become tougher than they used to be. Then he said, this deliverance session I went, the man of God charged me. I don't know why. Things have even become more tougher. It is the wicked spirit that I've joined to the spirit that was casted out. And they've made things tougher. <laughs> is this thing, is this not real? Say, man of God, it's okay, don't go there again. <laughs> Shout glory. That is that. Pray in the spirit. Amen. Amen. Be determined to pray. If you speak in tongues, pray every day. Look for a day, one hour. If you are still praying 20 minutes and 15 minutes. Life is spiritual. That is why the young man was sitting down today. The next day he died. Then they check, the doctors check what caused the death. The doctor says there's nothing wrong with the body. Then why did he die? Is that not true? Then you don't understand. We all know him. He was preaching in the, he was doing whatever. He was leading FM station. He was leaving TV, he's a TV presenter. He's a football. That's what we say. TV presenter doesn't scare demons. 
FM presenter. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm working at the IMF. It doesn't scare demons. <laughs> because that demon wants to use that person to destroy things. So I always say that even in your money, it's either God is that Jesus Christ is the Lord of your finances or the devil is. You may be born again. He will lead you into using your money for a whole lot of things that will not yield results for the kingdom. Because he doesn't want to, you to be led to do something for the promotion of the kingdom. So he will lead you into a lot of things. Some of them are Christians and once money comes into their hands, the money is scattered. Ah! Labatosh. I know about a person that when he counts the money, one, two, three, four, five. How? 100 Ghana cities. In two days and when he goes, it's 80 Ghana. The money too has disappeared. No thief in the house. The demon is stealing the money. These are things that we meet in the prophetic meetings. We do them. But you see, prophetic meetings are not permanent things. Let me tell you that. The ministry is permanent. But the things that happen are not always permanent. You didn't catch what I just said. It's very important. If you are not established in the word and established in the, in the things of the spirit and you just receive a prophetic word and sometimes even it comes to pass, sometimes certain prophetic words delay. Some come to pass speedily. They are fulfilled speedily. If you are not established, you can still lose it. You can lose what came to pass. Sometimes you may not lose it. And you say, ah. The man of God said, 8 a.m. it will happen. When the man called me 8 a.m. and I'm, I'm going, I don't know what happened. I got an accident. I couldn't reach there. The car was using this happen. <laughs> Those are experiences of people. Shout glory. glory. So James chapter 5 verse 16. I'll just end right now. Amen. Amen. Take us back to verse 16. Someone should open the NIV for the verse 16. So I said, praying in the spirit. Take charge of your world. Take charge of your family. Take charge of your finances. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't leave things to chance. Am I talking to someone? Don't leave things to chance. Don't say if it will happen, it will happen. Then it will happen for anyone. Or it can happen for anyone. So don't leave things to chance. Take charge. It doesn't matter. And I say that it doesn't matter where you are now. It doesn't matter what you are going through now. It doesn't matter what you may look like now. It, ma- it doesn't matter who may be gossiping you even now. Refuse to hear all those things. And focus on your spiritual life. When you take charge spiritually, you will take charge physically. No demon can back and, let, and get me scared. They won't even come around me. Yesterday, yesterday I said around 3 a.m. All of you were there. I think Samit was, that was, I was, I just lied on the carpet and I said, all the demons have forgotten that I even exist. <laughs> and I say that with all seriousness, let us be wild. Amen. Amen. But because of our time, let me just end with this. So take me back to James chapter 5 verse 16. James chapter 5 verse 16. If you have the NIV, verse 16, we also read from verse 19 to 20. Amen. Quickly. 
I said number one is what? Prayers. Number two is love. Say love. love. Say our walk of love. So I'll end with this one. Just confess your faults one to another. And pray one for another. That he may be healed. Then it says the effectual. So this is B. The effectual is B. Right? The A says, says, confess your faults one to another. And pray one for another. Now, that doesn't mean that when you sin, then you go to your brother and say, oh, I have sinned. Oh, please, I'm confessing to you. When you sin, you confess. Amen. Amen. You confess your sins and the Lord forgives you. Amen. But when he talks about this one, he's talking about building a good relationship with people. So when you offend someone, sometimes when we talk about love, people think when you are offended by someone, you forgive. But when you offend someone, he says, go and confess your fault. Go and tell the person that, you know why you and Mr. B were fighting? Because I was the one who went to tell Mr. B that you said this. Did you hear what I said? So it says, confess your fault or your sin or your offense to one another. And look at what I just said. So you offend Pastor Eddie and you know you have offended him. But what you said that day, because you were not in their good mood, and you said you are calling me, that don't, that don't. and you know that you've, you've offended him. Go to him and say, Pastor Eddie, I offended you. Remember the day you called me on the phone? I was not, in fact, somebody had taken my money and I was so wild. So, pl- <laughs> so please forgive me. Don't dare your eyes. Do you know what I said? I said, don't do what? Don't act as if nothing ever happened. I have seen Christians like that. That when they make mistakes, or when they offend their, their brothers, or they offend someone in the church, or even offend their pastors, they will go and relax as if nothing has happened. Then after three months, they show up. As for man of God, by this time he has forgiven. And you have to forgive. Amen. But it affects your prayer life. Who heard what I just said? It affects your prayer life. So when you offend someone, or you do something wrong with, to someone, you offended your husband, you offended your wife, in fact you have offended your father-in-law, and you know, you don't say, oh, it's my father-in-law, I didn't marry him, I married my husband. Hey. I think some of you girls who want to marry and who are married must listen to that uh, Pastor Funke and all that. Is that true? I think you hear things there. Yes, yes, I was listening to her and she said certain things I've never heard before. In fact, she mentioned, <laughs> child glory. She said a very powerful statement. I don't listen to her. I hardly listen to her. It was just yesterday I stumbled on one of her videos and I was listening. And she said something about Delilah. And it really touched me. I said, this is also revelation. Amen. Amen. That a woman who can bring the most anointed person in her days to put his head on her feet is a great woman and we must learn from her. When she said, I was very shocked. 
Most of you think that Delilah was a harlot. She was not a harlot. That's not what the Bible teaches. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Shout glory. Is it you are confused? Delilah was not was not a prostitute. No. Samson went in for a prostitute in Gaza. And the people came to arrest him and he carried the gate. And after that, he went to his house. And then the people went to see Delilah and told Delilah that he wanted to trap this man. So he wasn't a, it wasn't, it was a different thing. Two different women. One day I'll read you that scripture. Amen. Amen. Not today, but if you go, go and read it yourself. Go, go, go and do the search yourself. Christians want things to be, you, you, it's homework. Tomorrow I'll ask you. Amen. Amen. But you have offended your husband and you know. Amen. Amen. You said something you shouldn't have said. In fact, everybody was there and you said it. And you know you have offended him or you've offended her. Your wife. He says, don't just do like this and go. And say, well, it's my husband. After I married him, so nothing. No. He says, confess your fault, your offense. Tell him or her, I made a mistake. Is that not true? That is what he's saying here. That is also a work of love. That builds a relationship. It builds our relationship because God is very interested in the relationships that we have. So learn to confess your fault, your weakness. Who heard what I just said? Because Jesus said that offense will happen. Let me give you that scripture before we close. I'm giving you two scriptures and then we close. Amen. Amen. Who wants to know that? Luke chapter 17 verse 1. Amen. Amen. So this scripture means that learn as a Christian. Put this in your mind, in your spirit. As a Christian, learn to ask for forgiveness from the one you have offended. Learn it. Do you hear what I said? As a Christian, learn to ask for forgiveness from the one you have offended. Because when you offend someone, you know. And when someone has offended you, and you know that this thing that the person has done, tell the person, confess that fault too. Don't carry, so that you don't carry bitterness. And carry grudges. Because the more you carry that, the more your prayer life becomes ineffective. You hear what I just said? Your spiritual life becomes ineffective. As if once there is strife and, and disunity and all of that among you, are you still not canal? And walk like men, men? I have fed you with milk. Since you are not spiritual. That's what Paul was saying. He was describing spirituality according to our work of love. Who heard what I just said? So call the person, Pastor Obed, come here, you have made a mistake. I heard that you are telling people that I am a fake pastor. Come! Is that not true? Don't sit down and say, oh, what he has done, you don't worry. I leave him to God. I leave him to God. Well, even though you have left him to God, it's in you. That is bitterness. Once you are carrying bitterness, your spiritual life, you know, mago, 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 and kobabia. Your mago is with you. Oh, that is the truth. Is that not the truth? So the scriptures tell you, especially husband says, do not be bitter against your wife. There's a reason why it says that. 
It tells husbands more. It says that so that your prayers be not hindered. So there are certain things that hinder prayers. It's not a demon. Whoever I just said. This one hinders prayers. You have wronged your mother-in-law up to today. You've just dared your eyes. Your mother-in-law is saying, hmm, hmm. He's waiting for something to, she's waiting for something. She doesn't go to church well. Or her church is some orthodox church somewhere. <laughs> Sorry for using orthodox. Amen. But orthodox somewhere. Where she has not been taught all these things. She's just enjoying Charles Wesley and John Wesley. And the hymns. So she has, she has, she's waiting. Lying in wait. That Koku, Koku's wife, I'll get him. Kojo's wife, I'll get her, sorry. She's waiting for that day when she will get you. Because you also, you also decided that you, you never apologize. Whoever I just said. Then said he unto the disciples, it is impossible but that offenses will come. So in relationships, offenses will do what? Will come. But when you know that you are wrong, don't go and sleep. Don't do what? Jay your eyes. But woe unto him through whom they come. You see what he says here? Shout powerful. powerful. Let me also give you a scripture. There's three scriptures and I close. Amen. Amen. Who wants me to close right now? So that you get free from the face mask saga. It looks like all your, your breath is going one by one. Is that not true? If you are online, shout glory. Matthew chapter 5, verse 23 to 24. Come on, shout powerful. And this is important so that there will be reconciliation in the church. See, great things happen when the church is in one accord. Did I teach that last week somewhere? I said something like that. When we are in one accord, not when this sister is against that sister and that brother is against that brother and that usher, as he's coming to church, he knows there is this stubborn man who is coming every Sunday when he tells the stubborn man to sit here, that man says that, off, when did you come to this church? So as he's coming to even usher, he said, today if the man says that, the eyes that I will look, I will used to look at him. This unity and what? There is no unity. Whoever I just said. Or that man to come and say that if this ocean doesn't know any point me to where the air condition is. You see fire. I can employ him. Nonsense. Is that true of us? When that happens in the church, it hinders the move of the power of God. When that happens in your life, it hinders the move of the power of God. Amen. So you are an usher and somebody is misbehaving. Come and report. Come to me. Say, Papa. There is this young man. When I say, he never wants to sit. When I say, he never wants to I want you to talk to him. Won't I talk to him? Then when we see that he's misbehaving, we tell him that go to that place. Don't come and bury us here. Is that not true? But it's very important. Where is it? Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, I.W. Shambach shared the story I want to share before I read the scripture. So there were two young ladies in the church, in his church. He's gone to heaven now. Say Shambach, he's gone to heaven. But you know, 
was a very powerful man. He said there were two young ladies in his church. One had been praying to receive the infilling of the spirit and to speak in tongues. Many years. He's laid down some plenty of them. They will speak in tongues. This particular lady, when he lays as they never, she never speaks in tongues. So she was concerned. But she did not know why. Then there is also this other lady who had goita. And he was a healing evangelist. So he lays hands on people and they get healed. But he lays hands on this particular young lady with a goita. And that young lady never gets healed. So he was concerned. Then he says, one day an elder of the church came to report to him that two of the ladies are at loggerheads. So if this one comes to church and sees the person here, he will go and sit at the back. That's what they've been doing in the church. So one day he was in church preaching when one had already come and was sitting at the, in a particular position and then in a particular location and then this person was coming and the only space that was there, the only seat that was there was where this person was staying. You understand what I'm saying? When she entered and she checked and no seats and saw the other seat and was about to sit down and discovered that it was this lady there, she carried the bag again. Then Shambach said she was standing there and said, Stop that nonsense! Come on, come here! That's how she, Shambach is wild. It's wild. Stop that nonsense, come here! The lady came. She said, sit down there. Sat down. This is what is happening. They told them. Then after they said it, they started crying. And they hugged one another in the church. Said when they hugged one another, the goiter disappeared. And the one who was speaking has been suffering, can't speak in tongues. Pastor Obed has laid his legs like, so on you. You can't still speak in tongues. Because you are holding grudges. Never forgiving anyone. Never forgiving anyone. Says that other one also best in speaking in tongues. And there was an eruption in the church. It's a true story. So many people are holding grudges and keeping bitterness and offending people wherever you just offend people and keep going and keep offending you don't care God wants you to be care of that God wants you to what? care yes how will you say you love God when you hate your neighbor or you hate your brother can you see God as if I have faith to move mountains and I do not walk in love that faith is useless if I can give all my goods to feed the poor. And I do not work in love. What destroys ministry is gossip. What destroys ministry. And peace and unity. Number one is gossip. Do you hear what I said? Number two is unforgiveness. In a church where nobody is forgiving this person. They step on you and because of that. This sister has been stepping on my shoe. I don't even know why. He says that offenses will come. Did Jesus say that? So in every relationship between your husband and your wife, offenses will come. Between you and your mother-in-law, offenses will come. Whether from her part or your part. Do you hear what I'm saying? Do well to confess your fault when you are at fault. So there will be peace and reconciliation in the home. Child powerful. Oh. What is the essence of speaking in tongues and jumping and camping, dancing and crying and rolling on the, on, the, on the floor only to be keeping bitterness and grudges and all that? 
or keep on offending and offending and offending everyone. You know you've offended your own talk. You know you've offended your own mind. You know you've offended why? Because the scripture has not said we should do that. The scripture says we should do it. It says, therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar and uh, rememberest that your brother who has NIV, this sometimes the English, this English will make some of you get confused. Amen. It's like Arabic. It says, therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar and there you remember that your brother has done something against you or you have done something against your brother and you are holding a seed, a gift to drop on the altar. He says what? Verse 25. Verse 24. Is it 24? Leave there thy gift. So leave that gift before the altar and go your way first. Be reconciled to your brother. So your seed is not producing results because you are not working in love. Be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. So he didn't say take the gift home. He says put the gift somewhere at the altar. Amen. Did he say take it home? No. says put it somewhere and go to go and look for your brother. In Kumasi, you can't go. Take a phone. Glory. glory. And call the person. Can Hagen share the story? Let me close with this story. So it says, put it there and go and reconcile. Who heard what I just said? Say, man of God, you have blessed us today. Let me end with Ken Hagen's story. Can Hagen share the story of a lady who was in the church? He says that you lay hands doing healing services. The lady will never get healed. He kept on laying hands, laying hands until one day. He said when he was about to lay hands, he had a vision. And so that the lady and the brother were at loggerheads over family properties. So they wouldn't talk to one another. And the brother doesn't go to church. But the lady does. And the lady has decided that you won't forgive and the brother to won't forgive and they are just there. And the Spirit of God opened Kenneth Hagan's eyes to see. So he stopped. After the closing, after closing, he called the lady and said, this is what I see. This is that is true. He said, when you, when you leave this place, call your brother. He says, when he called the brother and said, please forgive me, I've offended you. The brother started crying. The brother said, oh, please forgive me. I've also offended you. Let's meet so and so place. They met, they ate together. And then the following Sunday, she came to church to report. Hagan says, after she said that, and Hagan laid hands on her, all those diseases left. She would have said the man of God is not powerful. Do you hear what I'm saying? So this is very important. Two things. One is what? Praying in the spirit. Number two, working in love. Shall we please be outstanding? Is that not powerful? Who has heard something today? 